Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello everyone, take two. I think it's working now. So we're trying out like a new streaming um, platform and it's, uh, yeah, I think it's working now. So we were trying it, but it it wasn't going live on Facebook and YouTube. So hopefully you can see us. We were talking to ourselves for four minutes. We were were telling you all about his illness. So Herman had the coronavirus last week and- um, And I missed my lesson. Yeah, you missed his lesson with Christine. He was really sick. It's like a miracle that I didn't get it. I don't even know how that happened. I think I'm invincible. I've decided. Hi, Lily. Oh, yeah, it's working. Oh, yeah, it's working. We see someone here. So, so yeah, he was like really sick. I was, I was slightly worried. I was at the barn Saturday morning and he had his phone off. And I started on airplane mode. I pressed the button during the night and then. Yeah. But I think your brain wasn't working because normally you would be like, um, I'm not getting any calls. There must be something wrong. So anyways, I had to drive all the way home. I started having visions that I was going to just ride all day and I was going to come home and you're going to be like dead in the bed. That rhymes. That's good. Yeah. But... Dead in the bed. That's, <laughs> dead a, that's a new movie. Yes, Linda says, "Yay, Mr. Scrambled Eggs! We're glad that you didn't come home and, and, there and be some, dead in the some bed." Chat about me doing a GoPro with. Oh yes, yes, the GoPro. Where is the GoPro? And doing yeah. the egg thing from the top. I've been filming with the GoPro on my helmet so that you guys can see like my hands while I'm riding, and I really want him to do a video to show you guys the scrambled eggs from above while we're riding. I think that's going to be super awesome. So, so that, tomorrow. Was, that was actually last week's endeavor too, but then yes. I stayed home. For we're going to do days. it tomorrow. We're going to do it tomorrow. So um, the other thing is, oh, I wanted to talk to you guys about my lessons. I started talking about this when it wasn't recording. So last Friday, I got to ride with Christine. And guess what Christine told me? What did she, she say? She said that I need to be more patient in my riding and my training, which I know you tell me that all the time, but it's like, it's so important to take lessons and to have a trainer. And I also think that it's like, it's hard when you're riding to find the balance between like being effective and clear, but also trying to be as patient as possible because horses are really sensitive animals And so the more that you can ride with finesse and feel and subtle aids, they will react to that. So what are your thoughts on my patience level? I'm going to take the fifth. (laughs) You're going to take the fifth. Um, But specifically with Harvey, like I've been having a hard time with the Piaf Passage on Harvey. And Harvey's like, he's an incredibly sensitive horse and he's also really a willing horse and sometimes in the piaf passage like when he's not reactive enough I'll like kind of kick him and get after him when it's like more of a connection issue than an impulsion issue right he's not saying no yeah because it's that old saying right less is more less is more 
hurry slowly. You know, those those things mean what they mean, and they exist for a reason. Many people have already gone down that road, and you, there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Yeah. But I think that that's hard when you're riding is figuring out like what's the most important thing to address in the moment because sometimes and that's why somebody on the ground is yeah exactly because exactly it doesn't always look how it feels um what you're feeling and getting concentrated on is maybe not the most important thing at that moment and it, it takes a team it takes a team yeah. nobody's doing this thing on their own yeah that's for sure so Anyways, lessons are good. And I think it's it's um, really important to get help or education because I know if I go too long without a lesson, I start to get like frustrated with myself and with my horse and that's never a good thing. So you definitely need external input to help you to make progress and kind of be able to see what is going on with your horse. Do I tell them my funny horse story about when I thought I was trotting well? Yeah, tell them your funny horse so here's story. The funny horse story. I think I'm trotting while I'm on the horse, and that would be on New Cube. Uh, early on in our career, and I'm going around, and I'm thinking, wow, this is okay. This is feeling pretty good. I'm all right. I'm kind of happy. I like this. You know, I'm busy patting myself on the back. Amelia's taking a horse out to the turnout, and she looks from the road there and looks over and yells, why do you let him trot that way? <laughs> Which just brought to my attention that the horse didn't really trot as well as I thought it was. And that I always remember that because as soon as I think that I know what's going on, uh, what's this look like? Is I'm, am I okay here? Cause I'd like to continue. And it's always yeah. important to have, uh, have that, that a, I'm probably not and <laughs> somebody else to help you. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes what you feel and what you see are two very different things. So anyways, um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, so like for those of you guys that are part of my programs, we have like Zoom sessions you want to where you, um, oh, there's a question from Linda. You want to answer that question? Um, where did it go? In, in, it's not. Wait, what is the question? On the lunging. Can you discuss why you don't shorten the inside rein while lunging? And lots of people do. There's not really a huge problem with doing that. I generally don't start there because I want my horses to be even in both reins. Uh, if I have a horse that's a little trickier to get the bend, maybe I will shorten it on that side. Um, the, the classical method would be to just have it so that the horse is even on both sides, but that also presupposes that the horse is even on both sides to get started. So that was why the theory is to make them go even in both sides but yeah sometimes but, a little bit shorter on the inside it's not the end of the world yeah and a lot of times when i lunge and you too that we put the lunge line on the inside like through the bit and i go through the bit go back, back to, the, to girth. the girth and so then i can use the lunge line like the scrambling edge <laughs> with the lunge line instead of the rain so i'll run the lunge line through the bit rain and then go back to the girth and uh, and lunge that way so the side range will stay the same but I can supple a little bit more than with the lunch line. Yes. Anyway. Good. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Okay. So on Sundays, a lot of times for people that are in my programs or sometimes in the evenings, we do zoom calls and people send in videos and then I critique them. And like, we talk about the video. So on Tuesday night, I had a zoom call and someone sent in a video and 
basically what was happening. And this is the question is like, when you're riding, what do you do when your horse isn't doing what you want? So in this situation, she was cantering and on a certain part of the circle, the horse would kind of start like spinning out and then break to the trot and like even come completely to a halt. Like she couldn't keep the horse cantering and going around the circle. So what would you do in that instance? I'm lunging the circle? No, no, she's riding. She's riding. She's riding. She's cantering along. She's coming. Like she leaves the rail. This one side of the arena, the horse starts like drifting to the outside. And then the rail. Yeah, like won't turn. And then it it breaks to the trot. It comes and it comes like all the way to the halt. Like she can't keep it going around the circle. I'd change the line. Right. I'd I'd start my I'd start the end of the arena 15 meters sooner. Yeah. And then make that where I start and I pretend then that's the end of the arena and make that a 20 meter half circle and just change my line. Yeah. And always give myself a little bit of room to push to the outside. Yeah. But turning in and then pushing out and turn in and push out and get through that. Yeah. And don't ride the rail per se. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you know that you're going to have a problem at a certain place in the arena, like Herman was saying, you've got to be ahead of it and change your line and think ahead. Like if you know every time at this certain area, your horse is going to blow out and break to the trot, you've got to be ahead of it. Because what happens is that this is what I see happen all the time is the horse does something wrong. Like, for example, you know, they break to the trot or they don't turn or whatever, and they get the rider out of position. And then what happens all the time, this is your pet peeve too. People stop their horse and and they sit there and they regroup and they think about it. And that is rewarding your horse for doing that behavior. So like if your horse is like not turning and bulging sideways and you get out of position, they're like, oh, shoot, I need to stop and think about this for a moment. In that moment where you're stopping and thinking about it, your horse is getting rewarded. You do have to fix that on the fly. And so, all right, let's say, fine, you can't keep it in the canner, but you do have to keep it moving. It has to continue to do what you say. It may not be what you wanted, but it has to be what you say. Yeah. Because the horse doesn't know that the horse doesn't know you couldn't make it stay in the canner what it does know is what actually happens and so if you let it walk there that's the reward if it breaks out of the canner and you come on let's go and you trot it on the horse like all right well she told me to trot i'm trotting so then the the chain of command is still going in the right direction yeah and uh and then the other thing on that and so when a horse breaks if whatever Things happen. Horses lose balance. You miss the timing or whatever. But that's information. The horse has told you already once, hey, if you ride this particular thing like you just did, this is what I'm going to do. So if it happens once, shame on the horse. But if it happens twice, shame on you because the horse already told you what it's going to do. And so if you keep doing the same thing, you might get the same result. So just change the line push a little more take a little you know change something and gather more information <laughs> you went off on a soapbox there <laughs> that was good but it's, right. it's no it's true mm-hmm. i heard you say that you were teaching someone the other day you were like if it happens once shame on the horse if it happens twice shame on you 
Um, what does the horse just told you? <laughs> hey, when you do that, I do this. Okay, so my quote, like coming from the, because I did like Western and natural horsemanship for a while. And what they always said is make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. So that means yeah. like when your horse is bulging out and not turning, you've got to be like annoying and like, hey, come on, quit doing that. And then when they do the right thing, <sighs> oh, then you can soften and pet them. And so often our timing for that is off where the horse does the wrong thing and we're just like, oh, shoot, I quit. I give up. And in that moment, you're training, you're training and you're rewarding your horse to do the wrong thing. And that's not not going to serve you well. So um, I think that is one of the hardest parts of dressage or, or of riding is like how to get your horse to cooperate, how to get your horse to do what you want it to do. And um, and that's basically the premise, make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy think ahead and just like Herman said, you've got to fix it while you're going. You can't always stop and regroup and make sure if you do stop that that's a reward. Anytime you let your horse rest is a reward. So you want to do that after like get, get a good circle and then stop and regroup. So that was our soapbox for today. I love this part when people have this realization. Correct. Timing is so hard. You just that. Yes, yes, there's a comment on that's how come everybody like, am yeah. I doing this right? Oh, okay, got okay, let's go on then. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the canter. So, we have one of our workshops on the canter is for sale this weekend. Recently, I did a poll, and let me know for those of you guys who are live, what is your favorite gait walk, trot, or canter? Let me know in the chat what your favorite gait is. What is your favorite gait? It really depends. It depends. <laughs> On green horses, I could walk all day. <laughs> okay. Once I can steer, I like to canter. Yeah, canter. Okay, here everyone is saying canter, canter. So on the survey we did, oh, Kareem says trot. On God bless you. Oh, Andrea says trot too. On the survey that we did, it was 60%, 60% of people prefer the canter. And yet here's the crazy thing is like the most struggles and questions that I get on Facebook, on YouTube are about the canter. So I think it's probably like the most fun gate and also the most difficult gate. So um, if you're struggling with the canner, check out the canner workshop. It's on like Facebook. Be sure that you're on my um, email list so that you get notified when we have like workshops or new videos or anything like that coming out. Um, also, we've been doing like a ton of reels. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's at AmeliaNewcombDressage.com. But one of the reels that we did for the canner transition has like almost a million views. It's going to get to a million views. It has like, I've checked, it has like 850,000, which is so cool. Um, so it's fun to be like sharing it. That. Yeah. And it's a cool video. It's of Kensington is probably the most beautiful horse so that I have. So anyways, he's, he's our YouTube star. Okay. What else? Oh, I'm supposed to thank our new members on Patreon. So if you haven't yet checked out my Patreon, I post a lot of like behind the scenes stuff there. So new members this week are Martha Weston, 
Cheryl McLean and Karen Stevens. So thank you guys oh. for your support. Um, okay, what other questions do we have here? So there was one about how do you do the three loop serpentine? That one went by a while ago. Oh, how to do the three loop serpentine? Should we find that one? Okay. Dana, yeah, Dana says, Do you have any advice on how to master the three loop serpentine? I know that each loop is half of a 20 meter circle. But when I am on my horse, it is difficult to ascertain that I am accurate. Oh, that's your specialty. He's like the accurate Nazi. <laughs> Ow. Anyway, um, so when you do the first loop, you want to make sure that the second half, so a quarter, the second quarter of a circle, the second half of your first loop, you're gonna to have to make that a bit fatter than you would if you were just making the 20 meter circle so that you're perpendicular to the center line as you go over it, right? So you're fat, 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 you're, you're up past the eye, whatever those two meters are. And I don't know what arena you're working on, but um, where the RS line and the PV line are, you're gonna be two meters in from that. So when you cross the center line, right? You need to be two horses away from that mark and then the the middle loop and then again it's the second part that you have to make fat if you make it skinny if you have that collapsing in you're not going to be accurate make that second part of the of the loop of that half circle fat and it'll yeah and then look up obviously yeah so keep your horse off your inside leg make sure you cross the center line perpendicular I can't believe you didn't tell them about cones. I thought that was what you're gonna say. Oh yeah, well go out there, get your cones and ride <laughs> through the cones. I don't know if they've got that kind of an arena or what they're working in, but. That is Herman's favorite lesson is he gets out, we have like those little soccer cones, like you can get them on Amazon or you could even just like put like rocks or you sometimes he'll I'll use, use his my baseball gloves. hat, I put my gloves yeah. out there <laughs> and you put those marks on the center line 20 meters in from, you know, the A and the C. Yeah. And you put two of them there and you go through there and you're perpendicular to the center line. Yeah. If you've got some cones, a couple gloves, anything. Yes. Okay. Lily has a question. Can I have tips for a beginner dressage pony? What are your tips for a beginner dressage pony? I temperament, think temperament, temperament. It's well, a pony. But she already has the pony. Oh, you already so have the I pony. I would I say, you get a pony. Yeah. I would say the most important thing, like if you're just starting out in dressage, is that like supple. basic dressage. Yeah, supple. get them supple. Teach Serpentine, them to bend. Yeah. Turn on the forehand, groundwork, just make them supple. Yeah, make them supple. If your horse is supple, then you can ride them. So I would say like bending, turning, serpentines, set up some cones and make sure that you're like really riding accurate circles. That's a really good place to get started and then start practicing transitions. So like trot, walk, trot transitions, trot, canter, trot transitions. Um, dressage is really about like rideability, which you need for any discipline. Like you always say that basically up until third level, like dressage is just, just riding. riding. Like you need that for any horse. Um, it's about you know, having a relationship and a communication with your horse. And so, so. The, the transitions, um, that's really going to help the balance, which 
then also helps the suppling. But that's the whole thing is to get them to stand on four legs and be happy and whoo dude, we're just doing it. Yes. So that's the suppling and those transitions to help his his balance and the suppleness. Yes. Okay. Um, Niza, how do you use your reins in the counter canter? So basically in counter canter, you should use your reins the same as you do in the true canter. It shouldn't change. Yeah, it's it's more mentally you have to think you're out in a field. There is no arena. You're just on right lead canter turning left. The, the, the eight, you're on right lead canter. So your right leg's at the girth, your left hand's the outside rein, and you're just making right lead canter and turning left. Yeah. If you change your aids, that's the aid for the flying change. So there is, there is, don't change your aids. It's only right lead canner. Yes. Okay. We have a few questions about my horses. So Lynette says, is Luigi KWPN? You commented Harvey and Kensington were, but Luigi is smaller. So I was just wondering. So yes, Luigi is my six-year-old and he's like the, the misfit child. He's like the, <laughs> he's a like, lot of personality, yeah. but he's like dark and the other two are just not, and he's your favorite yeah. and he's growing on me, but he definitely has, he can have a bit of an attitude, but yes, he's also, he's, a, a he's also a Dutch warm blood and he is smaller, but he's been growing a lot. Like warm bloods can grow until they're eight, eight and and he's six. And when he came, he was quite a bit. When he came, he was like kind of this like short little round chubby thing. And now he, I feel like he's, I looked at him the other day and he looks kind of like lanky and skinny. So he's changing. He's changing. Um, Linda wants to know what show in Chicago are, am I going to and when? So the, the national championships are in Chicago at the end of August and Harvey and Kensington are for sure qualified. Luigi is like, basically it, for Chicago, they take the top, it's either 12 oh. or 15. I'm not sure. It's 12. Yeah. Nice. So Harvey and Kensington are in the top 12 for their divisions. Kensington did the seven-year-old classes. Harvey did the developing Grand Prix. Luigi is like just below the cutoff. So usually if if like horses decide not to go, he could get bumped up, but I probably won't take him. It's hard in the US because like I'm in California and so Chicago is like 1800 miles away. That's really far. And it's- Which for a lot of you people is like 3,400 kilometers. Yeah, so it's in, Debbie's asking where in Chicago. It's in Lamplight, which is like, right, it's a suburb of Chicago. But so it's it's always like I get to this point where my horses are qualified to go. And then it's a hard decision about like, are you going to fly them? Just are you going to ship them? Yeah. How are you going to get them there? And then you just pray that they stay healthy and, you know, because it's it's stressful. Like to fly them there, they have to go from the trailer onto the plane, onto a semi, like, and then they they have to go, they fly to Indianapolis and then they have to go on a truck for another four hours. So no matter how you do it, it's um it's a trip. It's expensive and it's stressful on them. So we're kind of still trying to figure out the logistics. 
we were saying last night, maybe we'll just drive. I'll drive. But it's I really googled Earth it. It said it's 20 hours. No, it's not. It's like 30 hours. There's no way it's 20 hours. Okay. Enough of that. Um, Sabrina, about the half hour. What do you do if your horse does nothing when you tighten your belly? How do you teach your horse to respond to that aid? Okay. That's a good question. A couple of things. One is that in order for your horse to listen to your seat, they have to be round. So if your horse is like inverted and hollow and not using their top line and you tighten your seat, it's not going to come through like the aid doesn't come through. The other thing I do if I tighten my stomach and they don't listen is I kind of push them sideways and turn them so that you put like a diagonal torque on your horse and then you come with a little rein to get them to listen to your seat and use your voice. What do you do? Yeah, the you're getting the access into the rib cage. That's why, you know, you need a top line because if they're just strung out, then you're just pulling against their pull and they're going to be stronger. Um, if, you know, the tightening of the tummy isn't enough, um, do the thigh and the knee and squeeze that and then make two fists. If that isn't enough, I take a breath and I come again and I turn the circle and make that circle so small that they can't stay in the trot. They go to the walk and then I release that aid so that the horse starts to understand, oh, when he does that thing that he's doing, he wants me to change gears. And uh, it could take 15 times, 1500 times. But what we said earlier, you just stay patient and repeat it. You don't repeat it stronger because if you get stronger, then the horse gets stronger. You just repeat it and you have to change your line and find the way to make the horse understand, hey, I'm telling you something. And so without seeing you, I mean, I don't know, do you spend a lot of time with a lot of weight in your hands and then you try to add a little bit? That doesn't mean a lot. So there has to be a, a bigger distinction between going around and then when you're applying the aid so that there's a clearer message to the horse. Yeah, it's hard. I think that that's like one of the hardest things in riding is trying to be like subtle and effective and knowing that if you're like patient and repeat things that you can get your horse trained to lighter, more subtle aids. And that's something I've been really focusing on in my riding, especially after my last lesson with Christine is like, how could I be more patient and get it done with less pressure? Because the problem with a lot of pressure, like if you have to use a lot of leg and a lot of rein, is that that creates tension in your horses, like because horses don't like pressure. And and like if you think about it, like physics, like for every force, there's an equal and opposite force. So if you're pushing on your horse with like five pounds of leg pressure, they're pushing back into your leg. Same thing with a rein. Like if you're pulling with six ounces, your horse is pulling back against you with six ounces or six pounds. <laughs> right. Whatever so. you do, whatever you do, the horse can do that and then quite a bit more. So it's about educating the horse and so that you oh, this is what I do when I make this transition. Boom. This is what I do to make this transition. Boom. And so the horse goes, oh. They're doing that thing where I'm supposed to make the transition and it's the repetition. And we started today with the patience of that. And that's the training. Yeah. 
Yeah, Karen was asking. I, I took a lesson with Christine Traurig, and she's she's someone that I was thinking back. Like I started riding with Christine before I even started dating you, and you were riding with Christine already before that. So that was kind of funny. Yeah, I know you got your senior my seniority added to you somehow. It was was like what, Lori? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, there was like a competition to get into the clinics, but I guess since I started dating him, then I got I got invited to the clinic. <laughs> yeah that was a long time ago um okay one more question and then we don't want to exhaust you because you're still recovering right i am that at least that's what they tell me i'm so glad you didn't die let us know in the comments if any of you guys have had the coronavirus it seems like everyone's had it i don't know how i didn't get it i started to get a little bit of a sore throat and so then i was like testing myself every day but I managed not to get it. I did sleep on this couch for like five days. It's not very comfortable. Levi's couch. Okay. Adele, what tips do you have to get your horse to do a long and low trot? My horse starts out fine, but he doesn't hold it. Uh, my first thought then is that you're leaning too much. You're posting faster. You're not taking care of the rhythm. So the horse is here, starts off good, and then starts doing one of these. And with those long reins, long and low, right, you still ride that half halt and release yeah. the rein. The whole trick is that we teach the horse to go to the bit. So there should be contact no matter where that horse's head and neck is. And so when you're doing the long and low and he speeds up with the long neck, ride a half halt and then soften. Yeah. And I think too, like, a lot of times people, it's like everything in riding, you have to be proactive. So like when you go to start a stretch circle, it's not like you can just be like, oh, I'm stretching. Like you have to talk to your horse. Like Herman said, you have to check in with a rhythm. You have to check in with a contact. You might have to like bend your horse a little and move your horse a little off the inside leg and push them into the outside rein. And then hands a little forward and then if they start to pop up your hands go a little wide and then you bend and, and so then back to something we had said earlier right so you know that it starts off well and you that means you get six strides eight strides whatever it is so if it is at six strides at four strides you're already going come back junior yeah come back to me stay under me stay with me now you can have the reins again because <clears throat> if it happens I give them the reins, it starts out and you get half a circle. Well, then, you know, eight strides in, you're going to say, all right, now come back to me already. Yeah. But I think that that's, I guess that's tonight's theme is be proactive. And, and when you're more proactive and ahead of things and your timing is better, that allows you to have more subtle aids with your horse. And the thing about riding, like to do it well, it, it requires such focus. It's like meditation. Like you cannot be thinking about anything else. You have to really be honed in and just like feeling what your horse is doing and reacting to those moments. And, and that's the hard part is like reacting, but not overreacting and trying to be subtle and trying to be patient. And there's a lot to think about. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, not easy. easy. It it's is not, not easy. easy. Yeah, but it's, it's so all, but they're horses and they're just yeah. lovely. <laughs> There's yeah. that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I was definitely aware of that because I didn't ride for a few days and then I got on and I was like, oh no, this is fun. And I didn't have anybody else. I just rode the two horses and went home. So I just got to play with my horses and that was awesome. All right. 
I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. I think everyone loves it when you come on. Let me know in the chat if you guys are watching who you like better, him oh, or a terrible question. or me. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously think that they like you more. Uh, they like your explanations, except for you didn't have any good um, Herman-isms tonight. Can you think of any? No, I'm not. Oh, you they did. Come to me the now. one, the one that I like tonight is like, if it happens twice, shame on oh, you. Oh yeah, right. If it happens once, shame on the horse. Happens twice, shame on you. Because he already told you what he was gonna do. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, you guys are nice. You say both of us. Yeah. We're a team. Oh, someone awesome. said Amelia. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, it's all good. We <laughs> all. I think it's important to um. To have different perspectives and people say something differently because it's like you hear the same thing from the same person over and over again and you get complacent and then someone else will say it just slightly different and you can hear it so i think that that's why it's nice to have um different like perspective and different ideas when we're training our horses so anyways there you go i can go to the gym Work on my muscles. You might have She's a little more competitive than I am. So there you have it. Oh, you're competitive too. I just said you're more so. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.